0: Hello everyone and welcome to Slasher U, a college basketball podcast from Slasher Sports and we have your predictions for the 2022 and 23 men's college basketball with you. We're going to break down 16 of the 32 conferences. We're going to give you our bubble watch and our final four predictions to get you ready for tip-off on Monday. I am absolutely excited. I'm your host Christian Rao here with my co-host Steve Feck and Steve, we are just days away now from college basketball, both on the men's and women's side. I didn't think it would
1: ever get here. You know, I mean, it's, it's much exciting college, you know, uh, action going on, not just on the football fields, but, but in all different kind of, we're in tournament time for fall sports. As exciting as that is, this is for me, this is my home. I'm going home to college basketball. My, my, truly my first love as a sports fan.
0: I'm really looking forward to this. This is going to be a fantastic season of covering college basketball. And a little shout out to all of you, the viewers, the listeners. We have surpassed 100 subscribers on the YouTube channel in just a quick amount of time. We have just been published on YouTube for just over a month. So thank you so much for such the fast support. Uh, It's been amazing getting all the comments, good and bad. Uh, we absolutely mm-hmm. appreciate the engagement. Thank you so much. We're looking forward for the next 100, the next whatever. Uh, and we're going to be here for a very long time, not just another month. We're going to continue on through all these seasons, college football, college baseball, basketball, softball, you name it. Slasher you is going to be giving you content every single day. And that's all thanks to you. So thank you so much. Now that the PSA is out and ready to rock and roll, we are ready to rock and roll with our prediction, Steve. We're going to break down 16 conferences to start off. It's going kind of be a fire round. We're going to break down, give you some little thoughts about how we think this you know, conference is going to shake up. So we'll give you a couple minutes for each conference first. Then we'll go to the bubble, who we think, who will be some teams that will just make the tournament or just be on the outside, right? That's what that bubble watch is for. And then we're going to end the show off today with our final four predictions and let me tell you what on our final four screen, there are seven teams on there. We only agree with (laughs) one team. So lots to pay attention to lots of things to be excited about here on this prediction show. Steve, you ready to get ready with this predictions? I am.
1: I mean, no more transfer portal, no more NCAA investigations that we know of that haven't been announced already that we know of. I'm a little nervous about Manhattan, but it's, you know, I'm ready for this. Let's start the season off on a positive note.
0: Yeah, I think we'll. I think they will be. We'll hold off on Arizona and Kansas. I think those will probably not happen until, uh, if anything, February. But I think they'll happen after the season. But we'll see. But regardless, let's get to our predictions. Let's start off with the ACC. Now, if you are paying attention on our podcast feed, we are putting out some nice graphics over on the YouTube side. So if you want to see the graphics other than just our conversations. Feel free to join us over on YouTube at SlasherU. Steve, the Atlantic Coast Conference is going to be pretty exciting. Obviously, UNC, in our minds, is at the top of the list. Hubert Davis going into his second season. There's a prime opportunity that they can win this conference. I think they're the front runners, and I wouldn't be surprised. I'd actually be more shocked, Steve, if we didn't see him in the Final Four. I know that's something that you might not have. I'm not going to keep giving our teasers for the Final Four, (laughs) but ACC, I got UNC at number one.
1: As do I, I just think, I mean, just the the depth, I mean, one through 12, not just one through seven or one through eight. I mean, they just have tremendous depth, such athleticism. I, I just don't see a way that UNC is not the regular season um, tournament champion. I think there's a couple of teams that might spoil things for them in the ACC tournament. But I think for the regular season, I think UNC is going to be the class from start to finish.
0: I'm really excited for this top three in the conference. And I thought I was high on UVA. You got them at two. I got them sitting at three. I think John Shire is still going to do really good with this Duke squad. I think his freshmen are going to do fantastic. And I think he's going to fit right in. I am really worried to see how he handles, not worried, but I'm interested to see how he handles his first big loss, but I still have him number two, Virginia, number three, but I think all three of those teams can make a good run into March. Steve.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, for, for for Virginia, they're just so fundamentally sound and they're just such a great defensive unit that I, I just think that they will have enough again in the regular season. I do think it's going to take some time for the Duke freshmen to kind of gain a footing. I mean, they certainly have a a pretty brutal preseason schedule as Duke always plays. I think that will cause a little bit of, um, Not uncertainty, but I think they may have their confidence shaken at times Uh, that might lead into the early part of the ACC. But really, uh, Virginia, Duke, Duke, Virginia, I don't think there's going to be all that much of a difference between the two of them. I think it would be how it comes down when the two teams face each other during the regular season. Heading over to the Big East, we have, again, we both
0: are on the same page. We think Creighton is going to be one of the top teams. I'm interested to see number two, Villanova, how they act. Another brand new coach there with Neptune coming in. Again, really interested to see how he is going to handle his first loss. And then we start to get a little different as we get down to the top five. We have UConn at four for me. You have him at five. And then we have Xavier at five for myself. You have him at four. Um, We're pretty even for the most part in the Big East here, Steve.
1: Yeah, I, I mean Creighton. I, I just I can't wait to start watching them play. I, I I just think that they have everything that they need, certainly to win the Big East, and I think that they are built for a tournament run. They're well coached. I, I just think Creighton is the is the cream of this conference. Um, watch out for Providence. You and I both have them at three. I think Providence. Is as they always do, they're going to, everybody's like, oh, they're not that good, or oh, they you know, they, you know, their metrics aren't great. All they do is win basketball games, especially in the tournaments. So um, I, I'm looking forward to the Big East. There might be some teams resetting, but overall, uh, I think it's going to be a competitive conference, but Creighton is the class. I would not be surprised
0: if one through five was shooken up and then just thrown like dice and and put in any different mm-hmm. order. I think Creighton is a, a top runner. I do feel a little more confident at that one. So I, maybe I should say two through five. Um, but yeah, there is definitely a lot of interesting teams in the big East this season. And just a little side note, each of us don't have Georgetown in last place. We think they're going to get some conference <laughs> wins this year. That's something that's very important for the Georgetown faithful who had a really rough year last year, Steve.
1: Yeah. And I hope that our fans in Chicago And DePaul followers, I hope they get a conference win this year. Um, I was was really hard-pressed to see who they might actually beat this year. I think it's going to be a long year for, uh,
0: for DePaul fans. All right, over to the Big Ten. We have some pretty big disagreements here. I think this one might be probably our biggest disagreements on each side. I got Michigan taken through it. I think Hunter Dickinson is going to be an X factor in this entire conference. And I think he's my preseason conference player of the year. I know a lot of people are high on Indiana and I'm pretty high on them as well, but they have to find a way to have a winning record in the big 10, something they haven't done since they won it all. Uh, won the entire big 10 in 2015. Can they do that? I think they can get the winning record. That's why I have met number two, but we're pretty different all across the board. I got Michigan state at four. You have them all the way down to seven. The only thing we really are agreement with is who's really at the basement,
1: Steve. Who, why do you think Iowa can win the big 10? In all honesty, I think they will win the big 10 tournament and I, they are one of my considerations for the final four. So I thought if I'm going to go that far in with them and wear my Iowa Hawkeye t-shirt, just about every college basketball show we do, I think I thought I should at least put them there at number one. I, I, I guard play guard play. Nice. I, I just, you know, I, I they have a little bit of everything and McCaffrey is just a terrific coach, you know? So when we go into detail about Iowa later, um, I can, it might make a little bit more sense why I'm so high in them. Illinois, honestly, I think Illinois could be the regular season champion, but I think Iowa's going to win the big 10 tournament. I'm really high in Illinois. The only reason I have Indiana as high as I do is because, you know, so many of the analytic geeks uh, and, and sites think Indiana is going to just explode onto the big 10 scene this year. So I put them at three uh, Michigan State. Uh, it hurts me to have a Tommy Izzo team down that low, but I think they're an NIT team this year. I really do, and I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that's just something that uh, every program suffers through. That Th- this could be one of Tommy Izzo's best coaching jobs, and they still won't make the NCAA tournament. I seem a little more excited about Michigan State than you are. I
0: think I've I've watched a little bit more. I've, I've heard an interview with Tommy Izzo. It seems like the chemistry is just so high with this team, and they got me on board. That's why I got them in fourth. I think they find a way to make the tournament, but again, not their most talented squad, but does have a lot of material, I think, to still be good. All right, let's head on over to the Big 12. We got plenty to talk about in this conference. Just like in football, I think this is one of the most deep conferences in all of college basketball. This could be one of the best conferences in college basketball. And we both have two different ones. You have the defending national champion, Kansas, taking the win. And I got Baylor taking it both tied for fifth in the AP polls could go either way. I'm leaning towards Baylor to win this one. They are such a good basketball team, but honestly, what I want to focus on Steve is that you have Iowa state at knife and I have them as fifth. We're going to talk about Iowa state here in a little bit, wink, wink, teaser, teaser, but I think this is one of those teams, if they find offensive scoring, their defense is already sold for them. They can find a way to sneak into the NCAA. What's your thoughts on why you think Kansas is there? And I see TCU sneaking up to number two.
1: Yeah. Well, Kansas, Kansas is Kansas. You know, I mean, they're never really rebuilding. They're not never really retooling. Yes, I know they're going to lose Bill Self for four basically meaningless games, you know, as a self-imposed suspension. I, they have a nice balance of young five-star recruits coming in as well as returning players. Uh, You see that guy, you know, on the graphic, if you're watching on the YouTube channel, that's why Kansas wins the big 12.
0: Bill Self will be not coaching against Duke. I wouldn't say all of the games are not meaningless. However, it is so early in the season that you are probably right. They won't make that big of an impact. Wouldn't be shocked to see. Baylor or Kansas win this one. TCU at second over Baylor, though, is pretty interesting to me, Steve. Yeah, you know,
1: Baylor just seems to be one of those star-crossed programs the last couple of years. I mean, since they won that tournament, it just seems injuries, just things have not aligned up for them. I am so high on Jamie Dixon as a basketball coach. I think he has assembled a roster not only to compete Near the top of the Big 12, I think he feels that TCU could make a deep run in the tournament, so uh, that's where I had to put them ahead of Baylor. Um, don't write off Texas Tech. I mean, I know you had Iowa State five, I have Texas Tech five. Iowa State, I had them low because I don't see where they're going to have where they're going to find their scoring, uh, so that's why I, I had them pretty low on there. Uh, please note number six in my thing is West Virginia. Bob Huggins has said that he is more excited about coaching this team of transfers, especially Juco transfers than he has of any team he's ever coached, not just at West Virginia. He's a master of mining the junior, uh, the junior college circuits. Um, So I have West Virginia probably inflated just based on the fact that Bob Huggins is so high on, the group of, of young talent he's brought in.
0: In a conference this deep, you may not be inflated at all. This could be something that goes completely backwards, like we've seen at the Big 12 in college football. Wouldn't be surprised if we saw it with college basketball. With the Pac-12, we'll go out west after dark for most of these games, but plenty of ones to be excited about. We both believe that Arizona can go back-to-back UCLA is a very impressive team. They might be more talented on paper, but Arizona, I think, has the tenacity to do it and win this one. We're going to be talking about Arizona here all season. I believe that they are going to be a very fun team to pay attention to. On my side on the left here, Steve, I got Colorado sneaking up the four. I think that's probably the most interesting and surprising for my side in the Pac-12. What's your thoughts about Arizona and the rest of your list?
1: Well, I think Arizona, UCLA – Oregon, those are, those are gimmies. I mean, I mean, I don't think that you can find many, any sources or sites or analysts that are going to disagree that those are the top, you know, three teams. I mean, I fell in love with Oregon. I didn't have them this high originally Then I watched the the media day and the, and the players, the maturity level of the players. uh, I just thought, wow, okay, these guys are going to do it. Colorado we had as our sleeper. But the more I dug into things, I really felt that Washington State might be more of a sure thing. So I chickened out and put them at five. But but Colorado, um, their ceiling is pretty high. So it would not surprise me if Colorado finished high, as high as third in the conference. But for me, I, I, I want to see them do it first before I totally buy in.
0: With the Arizona UCLA, I feel like that could go either way between it. I think that that comes down probably to the wire. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw both of those in the finals of the PAC 12 championship after the regular season's all said and done, Steve. Uh,
1: Absolutely. But I I, I gave the nod to Arizona because they have such a deep roster of international players, kids that were playing at 16, 8 years old, um, against professionals, you know, in in their home country. Um, So I think that's where I I give the nod to Arizona over UCLA. But um, I think you and I are both going to be up really late tweeting each other, watching Pac-12 games all year long, because it's just going to be a fun conference.
0: uh, I need to create a hot key. I need to create a hot key for hashtag Pac-12 after dark, because I am going to be using that. I'm going to be using that a lot. (laughs) We head over to the SEC, and I think this is going to be one of the most interesting conferences in all of college basketball. Again, we talk with the Big 12 how deep this one is. I think this one is a very underrated conference when it comes to being as deep as it is. I would not be shocked, and I know we normally get this in the Big Ten, I would not be shocked if the majority of the teams, if the SEC, I should put it this way, if the SEC had the most teams in the NCAA tournament this year, Kentucky leading it for both of us, I mean, they have the returning Wooden Award winner. It's hard to not pick against them. But I'm a little surprised that you didn't have Tennessee at two. I thought it was a little closer between Kentucky and Tennessee. I know they have a hard time when they get to the tournament, but they've usually looked good in the regular season. As you can see, I got Florida all the way up to four. You got Arkansas at two. I have them at five. What's your thoughts about your top three here? You got Arkansas over Tennessee.
1: This is strictly um, a ceiling call rather than a chalk call. If you're going to go chalk, I I think we just did our sec preview not too long ago uh, and we were both super high in Kentucky and Tennessee. I just think Arkansas, if everything goes right for them and they can mesh and come together early, I think Arkansas has the athleticism and and the depth to um, outlast Tennessee. Um, and it's funny after we did our sec preview, suddenly I wish I would have put Alabama higher. <laughs> because I really think, you know, Oates is is really on to something there. They may still be a year away from being an, an SEC one or two um, seed, but I, I think they're going to be fun. I had LSU five. Mm-hmm. I, I think LSU. Um, so obviously I think they're, they're a bubble contender. I think they find a way um, to sneak into the top five of this conference.
0: We both got Auburn at seven. We do see a decline there after losing players like Walker Kessler, Jabari Smith Jr. Mm -hmm. Do you think that decline is even deeper than seven at the end of the season, or do you think they're more towards the upper echelon battling with teams like Florida, Texas, A&M, and the
1: rest of the field, Steve? Um, I think their decline could be worse if the bottom part of the SEC uh, was a little more competitive. I don't think that they will be. I think they'll have some moments. I'm not very high on Texas A&M at all. Uh, Mississippi State is interesting. Missouri is interesting, but um, I think Auburn is kind of kept afloat by the fact that I don't know that this conference again the the elite teams in this conference they are deep and they could put maybe the most teams you know into the tournament. I'm not as convinced that a team like Auburn, I think it's a matter of just, they've pulled all the rabbits out of their hat the last couple of years and there's just no more rabbits to pull out. We head to Atlantic 10 and I can, without a fault
0: that this is my favorite conference roots growing up. I grew up just a few minutes from St. Bonaventure. So there's my bias right out of the way, but I have them sitting fourth. I know they have a lot of transfers heading out, but the new transfers coming in, including Banks from St. Peter's, who we saw have a fun season last year. Steve, I know you're excited about St. Peter's, what they had for a run last year, but I think that Mike Schmidt can get the job done, find them way into the fourth place and, and get them into the NIT tournament. However, we both have St. Louis at the top, a team that maybe not everybody thinks is going to be the winner. I think a lot of people more favor Dayton to win this one. I think St. Louis is a very good basketball team, and I think they have the opportunity to win the regular season. And unlike the most conferences, like finds a ways to surprise in the conference tournament. So if they can win the regular season and the conference tournament, they're going to have a really nice seed going into the the March Madness, Steve.
1: Yeah. I just think St. Louis is built for a conference season um, it would not surprise me if they struggle a little bit in the tournament. I think Dayton just athletic, you know, their athleticism uh, is off the charts there. But um, the other team I want to talk about is Loyal of Chicago. First year in the a 10 people are going to say, well, the first year in a conference, you're going to struggle, you know, Ken Palm Ratings Missouri Valley Conference in A10, or right there, they're 10 and 11 or not 10, depending on the, which of the last two seasons you're looking at. And I don't think they're going to miss a beat. I think I think they're going to really mix things up there in the uh, in the A10. I uh, wish I could say that about
0: my Duquesne Dukes, but. One team I think you need to look out for is George Mason as well. I'm really with you. I think George Mason could be a team that could kind of shock and awe a few people. Um, Look at that one as well. All right. We head to the mountain West looking us go East to West back and forth. Now we're with the mountain West now, and we both have San Diego state leading the charge on this one. It seems almost like a given makes you a little worried if that's the case. Wyoming at number two. Then we start to mix it up a little bit here in our three through six, if you will, we kind of have it mixed up. Between you have Colorado State at six, I have them at third. You have New Mexico at three, I have them at six. Everything else seems to be about the same. San Diego State should run away with this conference, Steve.
1: Oh, absolutely. And and that's not a knock on Wyoming. I think Wyoming is a pretty solid, pretty balanced uh, team. But San Diego State, uh, they'll be national ranked all year. Um, This is a team that I don't think anybody's going to want to play in the NCAA tournament. I mean, mean, uh, they'll probably get a mid seed only because of the strength of schedule and the, and the conference overall that they're coming from. But I don't think anybody wants to play San Diego state come tournament time. I I like new Mexico. Again, another ceiling pick. I don't on paper. I don't know that new Mexico should be there. I can see why you would put Colorado state or Boise state ahead of them, but I just think that if everything comes together, that's an impossible place to come in and try to beat, uh, you know, New Mexico. I mean, New Mexico is just so good at home. It's such an exciting environment for college basketball. I think that kind of factored into my thinking as well. But I think the Mountain West is going to be on conference. I mean, there'll be some teams that struggle. I think Air Force, San Jose State, uh, even Utah State uh, might have some troubles uh, putting together more than a handful of wins, but I, you know, I really like, you know, like Nevada, UNLV, I think they're going to be fun. And one through six, I, I think it's going to be, I really, it's two through six where it's going to be super interesting in this conference. I like Wyoming. I think they have a really
0: strong chance at making the NCAA tournament. I think we could see two mountain mm-hmm. West teams make it. Uh, but yeah, I think San Diego state runs away with this conference. We head to the WCC and another team who we probably believe and i believe many people also believe that they are going to be the runner away from going to absolutely run away with the conferences gonzaga what i'm really interested at is where you have byu and i i know we've talked off air a little bit about this but you think byu is going to cause some absolute terror as their last season in the wcc steve
1: yeah i i think there are more bitter rivalries in the WCC, then you might think, cause everybody says, well, well it's Gonzaga and everybody else. I mean, certainly St. Mary's, um, a good program had a great recruiting class coming in, but I think BYU, it, I think they want to go out and say, okay, you know, not only are we going to make your life miserable those last year we're here in the conference, we want to show uh, the deepest and best conference in college basketball, the big 12 that, When we come in, we're not going to be pushovers. We're not going to be shoe ins So I think BYU is going to have a surprisingly good year. I think they could very well sneak into the tournament. I didn't make them a bubble team, but I could see them sneaking into the tournament um, and maybe knock St. Mary's into the NIT. Ooh, interesting. I think St. Mary's is going
0: to be good. That's why I got them at number two, and I agree with you. I think they have a really good recruiting class. I think they can find that number two spot. Having a number two in the WCC with a team as great as Gonzaga is is almost like winning the WCC. To be honest, for for teams yeah. two through ten, because you know that Gonzaga is up there, and we don't know if Gonzaga is going to continue off in the WCC here in the future. Where there's a lot of rumors passing by. So finding yourself a solidified number two in the WCC is is no thing to be upset about right now, and could set you up for maybe a possible NCAA tournament or at least a really nice spot. In the NIT.
1: You know, I just want to mention San Diego as well. I mean, I'm a lot higher on them than you are. I think Steve is going to make a huge difference at the head of that program. That's why I have them in there at number four. I, I think they're going to win games in February that teams like St. Mary's um, or BYU might say, oh, God, we should have had this one. But I really think that as the season goes on, San Diego is going to uh, solidify itself as a uh, top four team in this conference. Just because we think Gonzaga is going to
0: run away at this conference doesn't mean it's going to be a bad one. So really some good games to pay attention to here in the WCC. We head to the American where Houston is not only a team that many people think can win the American, but could show up in the final four. A lot of people have them on their final four bingo cards. Then it gets a little different moving on. we have Both of us have Tulane at number two. But you have Temple at three before Memphis. I have Memphis sitting at number three as well. Memphis is one of those teams we just saw some violations. Really nothing happened to them, though, with just a little bit of probation. Nothing really to be concerned about. However, Temple is a team that you can't really shake as well. They have a lot of potential. I think this top four, I would really say two, three, and four, have an opportunity to be completely mixed up, Steve.
1: Um, Well, I think three and four perhaps would be mixed up. Maybe you could even throw Cincinnati in there as a team that could get in that mix. But I think Tulane is ahead above uh, Memphis and Temple and certainly above Cincinnati. Um, But then Houston's Houston is the the Gonzaga of the American conference really at this point. I mean, they're, they're just so loaded and so good and they are going to be a must watch every time they are on TV um, even if they don't win for some reason, you know, I, they're just going to be a fun team to watch. So you you want Memphis to be good. I, I think it's good for college basketball if Memphis is good. That's how high I am on Temple's uh, potential. I think Temple can outlast them. But uh, this is another conference that come tournament time, it'll be interesting to see if somebody gets bumped off that you wouldn't expect. I love when we have conferences that are at least five deep, and I feel like you can say that
0: about the American Cincy. I might be on that bubble a little bit, but you could say at least five teams uh, could mm-hmm. make some sort of implications uh, that could maybe not spoil some chances of teams within their conference, uh, but maybe something outside, and I wouldn't be shocked in yes. any way, shape, or form. We had the conference USA and we're a little different on this one, but not by much. You got Western Kentucky heading off with Sharp. That guy is huge, by the way, seven yes. five. He five. is a monster, and you know it's just something really exciting to watch. If you haven't watched WKU play a basketball game with Sharp at the center, you're really missing out. He can play ball. I got UAB just sneaking by Western Kentucky in this one, though. I think they have a good ball team. You got them in second place, but I, I want to focus on Sharp a little bit. Take me through
1: why you think Western Kentucky can win Conference USA? Well, as you see, the screen is flashing behind me. Uh, I mean, he, he's just that electric of a player. And I think that's what's causing all the problems behind her, some of these talking about here. But, I mean, I I just – I think Western Kentucky more well-coached than UAB, and that's not a knock, you know, uh, on uh, the, the Blazers program. But I think Western Kentucky has a little bit of everything. And when you've got a guy seven five that can just take over a game and toy with you You if he's really having one of his, his big nights. I think that's the difference there. Um, North Texas. I, you know, I almost put North Texas over UAB. I I want, I think I have to see them play. It's one thing to read into, into, you know, your scouting and everything and looking at recruiting classes and all of that. I want to see North Texas play, but there are a lot of folks that are really high on them and that even have them winning Conference USA. So it'll be interesting in the early going to kind of uh, find out more about teams, you know, like like really uh, the first three teams in our list here, UAB, Western Kentucky and North Texas and see what um, what they're made of.
0: I'm interested to see how much we're going to get wrong when the season's over between all of these conferences, because you know, it's going to bound to happen at some point. We're not going to be completely correct. I don't think any, any any professional is is correct on this one. So um, when it comes to the Conference USA, I feel only one team is going to make the tournament, the winner of, of the ter- of Conference USA tournament. You know, so obviously getting a good seed in the regular season is absolutely crucial. Whether it's Western Kentucky, whether it's UAB or North Texas, like you mentioned, could have a shot. I feel like all of them are going to have a very strong shot once we get to tournament time. That's when it really gets juicy. Yes. All right, we head over to the Metro here, and I think this one is a clear shot in my mind. For Iona mm-hmm. to take over. They have one of the best coaches in college basketball history and, and the Metro Atlantic. I know you are a huge fan of Metro Atlantic. I'm gonna let you take charge here. Iona with the, we both have Iona taking it here, then Ryder in second, and then we start to change it up a little bit. Uh it hurt me to put Niagara and Kenesha so low, you know, being <laughs> originally from Western New York. However, I know that their teams are just not that great this year. Take me through why you think Iona is a strong chance to win the Metro and your rest of your thoughts here.
1: Well, I mean, well. Any team coached by Rick Pettino is gonna be is gonna be good. It's gonna be put together well. Say what you will about some of the off-court thing with Rick Pettino. He could flat out coach. They have, I think, the depth where they can rotate, you know, eight or nine guys, you know, and they can play meaningful minutes and contribute. And when you're in a conference like the Metro Atlantic, you have to have people that you can rotate in. Quite often, you you're, these the teams are five or six deep, and then when if somebody gets in foul trouble or somebody's you know uh, getting tired, and you bring somebody's off the bench, you, you could lose games that you should probably win uh, on paper coming in. I would have had Manhattan too, but them having fired their coach and now having their best player leave to go into the transfer portal um we don't know the details of all that yet but it can't be positive positive. and i think without their coach and without their star player manhattan is going to be fighting near the bottom ryder is interesting they're really athletic uh, they're quick they're aggressive defensively you don't think of Ryder as as a basketball power, not even in the state of New Jersey. Um, do you think of them as a basketball power? But I think Ryder is going to make things interesting for Patino Ono, but I think it's a one-horse one race in this conference. Um, St. Peter's needs to rebuild. Quick is either going to be really good or really average. So I can see why you would want to put them at three. I had them at five. But really, it's Iona's conference and everybody else just needs to come along for the ride heading over to the ivy league here
0: we only got eight teams to talk about and it seems like we couldn't even agree with that on that portion here you got princeton the tigers at number one i got penn at number one princeton right behind that's really our only mix up here uh you do have yale at three i have them at five so i guess you could say there's another mix up you got the princeton Tigers sitting at number one here then Penn number two i think it'd go
1: either way but t- tell me why you think tigers uh, of princeton can win the ivy This is going to sound really stupid. And I say a lot of stupid things on these podcasts. So that's that's a that's a pretty big thing for me. For me to say it's gonna sound stupid. (laughs) The fact that Princeton hosts the Ivy League tournament is a huge carrot that they're gonna they're gonna chase all year. I think they're a little bit better inside than Penn is. Uh, it's going to come down to the, you know, the, the game, the, the games Penn Princeton games throughout the year, but I think Princeton has jumped up and they have that incentive to uh, be the number one seed as the host of the tournament. So I think that's really why I put Princeton at one and Penn at two, but it's potato potato. Really. I, I think they're the two best teams by far in the Ivy. And if your prediction of Penn being number one comes through, it wouldn't shock me, but I think Princeton, um, especially based on how they finished last year, I, I think that's going to carry over and they and being the host of the tournament. I think that number one seed is going to be a, a big thing for them to uh, want to achieve. So it's uh, certainly their number one goal is to win the Ivy so that they could be the number one seed at home. I wouldn't be shocked either way, especially just like you said, after the rise
0: of Princeton last season, if they could find a way to to win the regular season and win the Ivy League tournament uh, whatsoever. But I do think it's going to be close between Penn and Princeton at the top. Aren't we head to the Summit League? This is another fun one in my mind, and we have some some difference here. Oral Roberts, I have at number one. You have at number two. You got South Dakota at one. I think that's pretty interesting when I look at the Summit League. you got South Dakota over at one. I think Oral Roberts is going to be an overall really good team. They have some of the best players to watch, not only in the country. I think they have one of the strongest guards. Uh, I'm Mm -hmm. really excited to watch Oral Roberts play. South Dakota at one, though. Pretty interesting, Steve.
1: And it's funny because I'm always saying guard play, guard play, guard play. And so you, you would think looking at a paper, Oral Roberts would be the way I would lean there. South Dakota, I think the perimeter game, will help them win tight games. And these are not necessarily games that you're going to see a lot of blowouts in. So I just think South Dakota's perimeter game is is going to give them just enough to outlast Oral Roberts. Uh, South Dakota State, similar uh, type of team. Denver could be a wild card in all of this. Uh, again, a, a pick that I put there at four, more of a ceiling pick, than a on pick right now but for me it's the south dakota perimeter game um i would even look at south dakota state there but they lost a lot to the transfer so i i think they're going to just be a step behind south dakota and oral roberts we
0: head to the valley the mvc the missouri valley conference and both of us are taking drake to win this one i think that's a pretty easy pick in my mind to, to make that one happen, but it changes up a little bit here. I got Murray state a little higher than you. You have Belmont higher than me. Uh, these are some, some teams that should we be more excited about? We've heard these names plenty of times in the past. That if you just follow just the comp, just the March madness, if you will, you've probably heard names like Belmont and Murray state in the past. Drake is one of those teams that if you pay attention to teams in the Valley, they always play hard. And I think we're going to really see them shine and be, the top runner. I think they, I I want to say run away, but I think they win it with a a pretty good distance, Steve.
1: Yeah. I I think they're they're going to be a comfortable winner, you know, in the MVC, you know, and um, Belmont and Murray state, are. this is their first year in, you know, in, in the conference, Murray state lost their coach. Uh, They lost a lot of their players. Uh, That's the only reason I actually have them down for the observer Valley conference is not an easy conference to transfer into in my opinion. So I think that's where maybe Belmont at Murray State, it'll take them a handful of games to get comfortable and really get a good feel for the rhythm of the Missouri Valley Conference. So gives going to give Southern Illinois a chance to uh, sneak in behind Drake. I don't think any of the teams are going to challenge Drake. I think Drake is just too good. I think Drake is going to be one of those teams that people will be, wow, they made it to the second weekend of the tournament. And I don't think you and I are going to be surprised about that. No, not at all. I wouldn't be surprised to see
0: one of those teams like Drake cause an upset because even with their their conference win, if they win the whole thing, uh, they'll probably be a lower seed. That's just how it happens with conferences like this. So they'll play a tough, a tough power school right off the bat and wouldn't be surprised if we saw a first round exit from a four seed or a five seed because they're going to probably be an 11 or 12 seed in the tournament. I think Drake is going to be a very good team this season. All right, we end off our conference previews here with the Sun Belt. Can it be the fun belt? Can it be the Stun Belt just like the football? I don't know. We'll see what happens. You got Louisiana at number one. I got Texas State. Both of us have James Marshall pretty high. Both of us have South Alabama. Actually, I take that back. You got South Alabama at four. I got them at nine. We're pretty different here, but we lead the charge with Louisiana close to the top for each of us, Steve.
1: Yeah I I just think that they're going to they're going to play a brand of basketball that it's going to be tough for most of the conference to keep pace with them. James Madison. Again, it, I know it says James Marshall there. I probably typed it in wrong, but it's, uh, but James, the the it, it, university name. It is still James Madison. Okay. Uh, the last I time I checked that. it was that's great. there, there's no, well, you know what it was is I had Marshall there first and then I put James Madison there and I forgot to take out Marshall. I just typed in James in front of it. I'm pretty sure that's <laughs> what happened there. But um, James Madison is a team that I think is their ceiling is very high. I don't know if they're going to really fulfill their maximum potential, but that's why I have them in the 2 slot and I I really like Marshall as well. I think they you know, they had a tough year last year. I think coming into this conference, I think it's going to make uh, a huge difference for them. I think they have the, the enough returning talent to make some noise. But for me, it's Louisiana. I think they're just athletically the best team in this conference. You look at the teams coming
0: into the Sun Belt, and I think that you know a lot of people are worried that they'll have a tough time reflecting. Most of them coming over from Conference USA. I don't think that's an issue at all. I see teams like Old Dominion, no. James Madison, and Marshall coming into this conference and competing right away. I have Old Dominion a little high. It's not just because that's my alma mater. I think that Jeff Jones <laughs> does a great job at Go, coaching this yeah. team, and I think that you we're going to see some experience shine right away. James Madison is one of those teams I think that I might have ranked too low because I do think that that's probably their floor. I think James Madison's going to have a great year. They could easily be where you have them at number two, and I think Marshall again, that's probably their floor. I don't see them getting any lower than fifth. But I think this top five, however which way you look at it, because we have actually a few teams on each of us. You got South Alabama a little higher than I do, so this conference could be a lot more deeper than people are giving credit for. And we're just getting started with the absolute tippy top here. But I wouldn't be surprised to see Louisiana win the regular season and even win the Sun Belt uh, after the tournament here. That's why I got them at number two. But I'm not ruling out Texas State. I think Texas State's a very good basketball team, and I think they deserve – that's why they deserved my number one.
1: It's really the four teams that I have ahead of Texas State. Mm-hmm. As nothing against Texas State. I agree with you. I, I think they're a very, very – talented and balanced basketball team. But I just think that with the additions in the conference, I just think that Texas state falls just a, just a little shy of expectations for some of those other teams, South Alabama, another ceiling team, not necessarily a team, but um, I could see them making some opponents nights very, very long with the talent they have in that roster. Yeah. I think there's going to be some
0: very, very good Sunbelt conference games this season that you're not going to want to miss. And the majority of them should be on ESPN plus. So that's a, that's a win for a lot of people viewing and watching these games. All right, Steve, that wraps up our conference predictions. Now we get into the fun stuff and we're going to talk about our bubble teams. Now, when I get to this next graphic here with the bubble teams, we're going to talk about each of our four teams. We think that can make it in to the college or College basketball March Madness at the end here. They're real close. Can they make it the March? So we see our bubble watch prediction here. Here's my four. VCU, Iowa State, Colorado, and Florida. If you've been paying attention and watching our predictions all season long, I got VCU pretty high in the Atlantic 10. Iowa State pretty high in the Big 12, probably higher than a lot of people. Colorado is my sleeper pick in the Pac-12, and so is Florida in the SEC. I feel like all four of these teams have a really good shot at making the tournament. I think Florida might even get in on their own, to be completely honest, because I yeah. think the SEC <laughs> is going to be pretty deep, but I still lean them towards being a sleeper just for this conversation. Iowa State's going to need some work. Again, offensively, is going to be their struggles. I think VCU is a great basketball team. I think they can easily finish second or third in the Atlantic 10 and find themselves into the Atlantic 10 Conference if they don't win at all in the Atlantic 10 tournament, because there's always a surprise in the Atlantic 10 tournament. And as, as I mentioned earlier in this show and earlier in our season predictions when we talk about the Pac-12 we think Colorado is our sleeper there's my four Steve what do you
1: think about it before we get to yours um I really like VCU as a bubble team Um, I don't know that again I have a loyal of Chicago being the third team out of the A-10 going into Mm -hmm. the tournament but at VCU's that, that, that's an interesting team, but of, of the four you have up there, Florida is the only one that would not surprise me if they made the tournament again, Iowa state, man, that, God, they're good defensively. I just don't see where the scoring is going to come from or consistent scoring. I think, I think they have, they're going to have nights where they're going to, where they're going to flash some scoring from the perimeter and inside. But I mean, I think Florida of the four you have up there are, is the one team that I think uh, they're on the bubble on paper, but I think, you know, come selection Sunday, I think that they're in. Yeah, I,
0: I, I'm i cool with that. I understand. I think that's a, a fair assessment of my bubble predictions here. Again, I think Florida might not even be in the bubble watch as we get farther. I think they're probably my highest ceiling on this bubble predictor here. I think they might be on the bubble of not being on the bubble, if you will, kind of like being mm-hmm. a, already an at-large pick.
1: Uh, yeah. But
0: I do think just because of where the how deep the SEC is, I think there's a chance that they might be uh, a little lower than where I predict them at fourth finishing the season. I'm with you, Iowa State. I think they absolutely have to find offense. That is going to be their biggest issue. And they have great defense. They're not as great of a defensive player uh, team like UVA, where they can control the pace of the game to have right. their team score lower. Uh, you know, although their defense is really good, they're still going to have to find that other side of the ball. That's why I lean towards them. I think they can find it enough to be able to get on the bubble. And then as we talk about Atlantic 10, I think there's a really strong chance that we will get two, maybe even three in the Atlantic 10. I don't know if we're going to get three. That's a really far stretch, but I definitely can see two teams in the Atlantic 10 and wouldn't be surprised if it was VCU. All right, Steve, what's your thoughts on your bubble? I see a couple teams over there that look quite surprising and some interesting teams as well.
1: Yeah, I, I try to look for teams that are being either written off too easily or I've just been overlooked. But the people just aren't looking deep enough at some of the teams. Uh, yes, I have two teams from New Jersey. Yes, I grew up in New Jersey. Yes, I understand that. I didn't put Duquesne on here, okay? I didn't put <laughs> Pitt on here or Robert Morris, okay, where, where I live here in Pittsburgh now. New Jersey basketball. I do I have an East Coast bias? Yeah, it's what I grew up. I mean, sure, the occasional teams came into the garden or whatever, but I grew up watching, you know, New York Metro basketball. Seton Hall is a team that will gel late. They lost some really, really key components. What they gained is a coach in Holloway that as he proved, bringing the unheralded Metro Atlantic conference, St. Peter's Peacocks, you know, to the elite eight. Uh, He knows how to coach. He knows how to exploit a team's weaknesses and he gets his players to buy in. If they don't buy in, they don't play. He's a Seton hall alum. I think that he concentrated on bringing a lot of kids from the New York, New Jersey, Philly, Connecticut area to transfer in. Uh, He he basically he brought Casey the the Depot from Saint Peter's and he was just he was the glue that kept that Saint Peter's team together. Um, Alomir Dawes from Clemson, Ferry Odechalli of Pitt, and Dre Davis of Louisville, three guys that played significant minutes for their teams in the ACC. So they're used to top level competition. Uh, The Big East might not be the ACC, but they're awfully close. <laughs> They're awfully, awfully close. So they they don't have a lot of holdovers from the previous regime, but they have local kids that grew up where Seton, Seton Hall was always a force in the big. And I think that makes a huge difference for Seton Hall being a bubble team. Um, come January, people are going to be snickering and say, uh, Seton Hall, yeah, nice pick but I think come tournament selection time uh, they're going to be in the conversation. And I think they have a really good chance of getting in. Now the other uh, Jersey team I have up there is Rutgers and there's so much flash in the big 10. I mean, there's just so much talent and so many really uh, interesting teams. You know, people are blinded by that flash and they're not looking at Rutgers. Yes. They lost Roy Harper jr. They lost their entire back part, And that was Rutgers heart and soul. But it should be noted that Rutgers was the worst three-point shooting team in the Big Ten. So they're going to depend on defense. They're going to depend on offensive flow. I think they have the players in place, in place that are, that's going to get it done. The thing I always laugh about when I read things about Rutgers is that Cliff Omorio, and I know i mispronounced that right. Sorry, Cliff. Uh, you know, I I barely can speak my own name, let alone other people's names. But they say, well, all they can do is dunk. Well, you know, points still, when you dunk, the points they don't take points off. It's not a one-point no. field goal if you dunk. It's still two points, okay? I, he's going to do a good job on the boards, especially the offensive boards. So I, I think he is a, a real key. Their backcourt could be an absolute nightmare to play against. Paul Mulcahy is that point guard that you hate him unless he's on your team. So all of the people at Piscataway are going to be really, really happy that that he is there. Caleb McConnell plays smothering defense. That can really help Rutgers in tight games uh, w- within conference. My guess is Rutgers is going to be outside of the bubble so that they could be an NIT. Team. Think of all the big 10 teams. I think they have the highest ceiling, and they're going to catch a lot of teams by surprise on some nights. So that's why I have them on the bubble. I talked about Loyola Chicago earlier. I do think there's going to be three teams out of the A10 coming in. Nice. But it's all based on and see, I like VCU in the A10 tournament. So I can see a VCU winning the A 10 tournament because as you alluded to earlier, we were talking about the conference. Mm-hmm. There's a history of teams always. that. Wait a minute. Yeah, you yeah. Know, where did this Where did this team come from? When did they suddenly wake up and decide they wanted to play? You know, championship caliber basketball. But um, for me, I think Loyola Chicago is that team. They have They have shown. Okay, yes. I mean, they're a cute story. A small school in Chicago. They totally rebuilt the program. They have the aging done that's in the wheelchair and always going to all the games and cheering. That's a story. They can play basketball. They're well coached. They defend well, they can shoot the basketball, they, they protect the basketball, they don't do a lot of turnovers. So I think Loyola Chicago, again, coming out of Missouri Valley, going into the A-10, those conferences are evenly matched. You know, again, Ken Palm, I think, has the A-10 just, just a click ahead of the uh, Missouri Valley, but mm-hmm. not, not by a whole lot. So, therefore, I really think that that transition into the conference is not going to – they're not even going to really notice it there on, for Loyola fans, and I really think that they they could make it really tough with the selection committee to not include them and not make it three teams out of the A-10. And my last school, LSU. SEC, as we talked about, physical, tough, hard-nosed ball. and any given night, most teams have a good shot – except for the very, very bottom of the conference, have a really- at least make a game competitive. I think LSU is a team that's going to surprise people. They're going to get better, you know, as the year goes on. Wilkinson is going to be a, a difference because he's so good on the offensive boards. He's going to be able to not only get I know they call them garbage points and I don't think that's it's like with dunks. why are you putting down dunks if you're inside you get the offensive rebound, put it back up. Again, the points count the same. But I think he's also going to be able to get the ball out to the perimeter by controlling the offensive boards. And I think that's going to help the LSU um offense tremendously. A lot of transfers of uh, Cam Hayes from North Carolina State, he really intrigues me. I I, I want to say he started a dozen or more games for NC state. When you watched him play, you can see why coaches were going after him um, when he came out of high school. If everything comes into play, I think LSU is going to be on the bubble and the sec because of the strength of the conference, especially the upper, you know, the, the, top six, seven teams, I think that could push LSU into the tournament. It might yeah. be a play-in game, but I think I going to push them because they always have those twelve seed play-in games, which I don't. Mm-hmm. We we have to do a show about that. I don't understand
0: seeding's interesting in the tournament. Yeah, I agree.
1: Yeah, okay. I understand a play-in for a sixteen seed. I I absolutely understand that. Why do you have a play-in for a twelve seed? If both teams are considered for a twelve seed, then put them both in, and have the teams that are fifteen or sixteen seeds plus to play in. But again, this is this is. Not what the show's about later down the road.
0: I wouldn't be surprised and I wouldn't mind seeing any eight of these teams play in a play-in game this year or play or be in first four. I'd love to see all eight of these teams. I'm really interested to see who's going to make the bubble because I think, and it just shows right there, the fact that we can't even agree on a bubble watch how intense and how fun (laughs) the season's going to be. And we haven't even started yet. All right. Speaking of, we can't agree on anything. We basically can't agree on the final four predictions, and that's where we're at here with our last segment of the day with our predictions, is our final four. We both agree on Gonzaga. We think we'll see Gonzaga. We'll see the zips in the final four. That's the only thing we can get strong on. I got Kentucky, North Carolina, and then Arizona coming into my final four. You have the defending champions, the Kansas Jayhawks. You have the Creighton Blue Jays, and then you have the Iowa Hawkeyes. I think you have an interesting side. I think my side's a little more safer, if you will, um, based on uh, past records and probably where they sit in the AP side. I really like where you sit. I think Gonzaga is a really good basketball team. I think we can see Drew time against Kentucky with the, the award winner. I think Oscar you show up. I think imagine that game in the final four national championship game could be <sighs> absolutely electric to see that game happen. I can't rule out Huber Davis uh, after his amazing season in his first year at UNC last year. I think this team only retooled and is getting better. I think bringing in Nance to take over, um, to be that strong piece, that strong transfer, I think they've only got better than last year. I think they really Mm -hmm. have a good chance at being a very good team. They're not only my ACC pick, I think they're gonna be the final four. And then you know how high I am on Arizona this year. I think they're gonna run it back, win the Pac-12, and I wouldn't be shocked to see them make that other step forward and see themselves in the final four this year. That's my final four. That's where it wraps up, Steve. I love your final four because there are some hopeful picks that I'm sure that no I bet nobody else in the industry has that same four than you have. Uh well again, this is the
1: guy that had St. Peter's in his final four. You did. You know, I, I, you almost it, made it. 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 You almost it got I, I almost got there and I, I I I was I was spending the money before I actually won it. So which was which was not good. <laughs> but um what I like about your side though, real quickly is imagine Gonzaga and Arizona play against each other love it I'm sure yeah I would love that game yeah I mean I mean the coach and the mentor uh very similar approaches to to right. recruiting and, and integrating the international talent into the thing that would be great your other two teams you Kentucky and North Carolina the they're reason safe I didn't
0: I'm not gonna lie they're safe picks
1: oh <laughs> uh, you know why that's not they're, they're not safe picks they're gonna get beat up In the regular season of their conference, and they're going to get beat up in the tournaments of their conference. Okay, so while while, while I can see both teams winning, I think we both had um, Mm
0: -hmm, North
1: Carolina. And while we can see both teams winning, I think that just the wear and tear and the intensity of of those is going to wear them down. So maybe when they get to the eight, um, they, they there's nothing left in the tank. So that's where I opened the door for a team like Iowa and a team like Creighton, Kansas Jalen Wilson is another guy we need to talk about as a player of the year. DeWan Harris, if he finds his shot, look out. I mean, Kansas come tournament time is, is going to be really, really interesting. Iowa is a team that's going to get better as the year goes on. I think by the end of the year, they will have the number one ranked backcourt in the country. Uh, You don't see them ranked as the number one backcourt in the country, but I think they're going to have the number one backcourt in the country. DeSante Bowen is going to be perhaps the freshman of the year. He's only going to get better with time. Chris Murray coming back is huge uh, with with where Bracca be a nice front court tandem Bill Self, those had to coach tournament basketball. And there's one thing to coach in the regular season, another thing to coach in the tournament. You know, not to pick on Rick Barnes, but always great teams in the regular season. Come tournament, the headlights coming right at him. You know, and Rick Barnes seems to be staring at it and not making the decisions he makes uh, during the regular season. Creighton, there's just something about them. I just, I just love that team, they're, they're by far the most underrated team in the top 10. And Greg's the most underrated coach in college basketball. What he has done with that Creighton program is amazing, especially given the extra travel demands that they face because they're not really an Easter team. (laughs) You know, you know I mean? I mean, they're in the central time zone bordering on mountain, mountain time zone almost. So they're, um, their travel schedules is a little more difficult. But uh Brenner, seven-footer, clogs the lane, nice touch around the basket. He could step out to 15 feet, uh, keep defenses honest. I I just think that they're going to be the class of the big east. If they get a number one seed as, in the East, uh, I think that would benefit them greatly. So for me, they're my other, quote-unquote, sleeper team. And that's only because that I think teams coming out of, of the SEC and the ACC, and even the Pac-12 at Arizona there, I, I think they're just going to just beat up on each other. And Kansas is going to benefit from the fact that the Big 12 is such a good conference itself. Uh, south will, will make the most of what the lessons that get learned on the court, even in the losses in the Big 12. And I think Iowa is is the surprise pick. I think they're just built in this field with these teams. I think they're built to not only win the Big Ten, but also go to the Final Four. I
0: cannot wait. Until we get this far down, I can wait because I'm excited for all of college basketball, uh, but I'm excited to see if we get any of these picks. Right. And I would love to see some of these shocking teams that you have on the right, because I mean, it, seeing a Creighton or an Iowa in there. I mean, that would be a shock. And if that's the case, we are definitely going to return to this graphic and make sure. But is reminded that you pick them just like you pick St. Peter's to go that far and you were just shy. Hopefully they're not just just shy this year and you can be just on board. All right, everyone, that is going to wrap up our prediction show. Just because we've predicted the college basketball and because our preview shows are done for college basketball doesn't mean this is the final content for college basketball right. this season. We are going to be giving you daily content on the games that are starting on Monday to 7th. It's going to be a fantastic time, both for the men's and the women's side. It's going to be a great season. We got plenty to talk about. There are, I mean, if you add in the women's and the men, we got – 600 plus teams to talk about and we're going to get to a pretty decent amount of them throughout the year again no team is big too big or too small for this for this uh for this show so if you love a team follow a team and you come across our channel and you want us to cover it leave a comment of what team you cheer for and we would love to put some content up for you and give our, our thoughts our remarks our analysis on a certain game Give us a reason to watch a basketball game. It's got to be really hard for us to just to watch basketball, right? So give us a reason to turn that on. Uh, and we'd love to do that for you. Steve, before we head out of here, anything, any final words before we close out this prediction of our first annual Slasher U College Basketball Prediction Show?
1: Uh, no, just enjoy this. Don't get caught up on Sports Center or highlight shows. Force yourself on your regional sports network or ESPN plus, or wherever you're going to catch some of these games, force yourself to watch games you ordinarily would not watch. That's going to get you to fall even deeper into, uh, in love with college basketball. And another hint, if you're looking to, not necessarily to bet, because I think betting on basketball is a sucker's bet, but if you want to win your office tournament pool, or you want to win some of the national bracket challenges, what's the guy that's always offers a million dollars for the perfect bracket or whatever? Warren Buffett. Yeah. Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett. If if you, you know, need that million dollars as most of us do, this is the, this is why you watch games on a Thursday in the Missouri Valley conference, because there could be teams that you would not ordinarily notice. And you're going to just read little capsules out of USA today. When it comes time to fill out your bracket or, or at Yahoo or wherever you're looking for the guidance, watch them. So when you see them in your bracket and you're trying to do something that somebody else maybe is not looking at, maybe you could find the St. Peter's or the Loyola of Chicago or the VCU or whatever team you want to look at from the past that got James to Marshall. the fore that James Marshall, James Marshall, the, uh, the 16 <laughs> and a half president of the United States. um, <laughs> um that's the the fun part about being a college basketball fan i know not everybody's going to be as fanatical as you and i are about it but have some fun with it because college basketball is fun
0: absolutely and that's exactly what we're going to do we're going to have plenty of fun bringing you all this coverage throughout the season I'm looking forward to it, Steve. Let's, uh, let's put a bow on this one and we will see you back here for more college basketball content. When tip off occurs, we'll see you back here on Tuesday for some brand new, actually, I take that back. We'll be back here Monday, the preview of Monday. a few of the shows. We'll be back here for Monday for a few of the shows while we're ready for tip off. Uh, if you're looking for more slasher, you hit up the podcast feeds. We got our Saturday morning special show hitting 10 a.m. Eastern live on all the feeds and on our YouTube. And, of course, Steve has a brand-new show, Riding Solo with a What You Talking About, really digs into some of the college stories that you're not paying attention to. That comes out on Wednesdays and Fridays, so a brand-new episode in your stream on Friday. All right, let's head out of here. You have a good rest of your day. Enjoy your weekend, and we'll see you back here for more college basketball content on Monday. Take care.